Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you're blessed by this podcast, please subscribe. Once you do, you'll be able to stay up to date with all our latest messages. This week, we're joined by our special guest, Jan Markell of Olive Tree Ministries. We look at the coming global government and the schemes and schemers throughout history working to set it in motion. Let's get started. Well, I want to give you a, I'd like to give you a warm welcome from Minnesota, but it's the wind chills minus 30 right now. <laughs> so I, I really can't give you a warm welcome, but uh, then we ministered in, um, San, San, in uh, Bakersfield. It was 39 degrees, and I thought, my goodness, this is what feels like home. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's wonderful being here. I, I bring you greetings from Pastor Mark Henry, who's a good friend, board member of mine in Minneapolis, and he's uh, on a plane coming back from Africa. Here's where I'm going to go. I, I, I've, this, this is not a new message. It is updated. And as we've already discussed, because events are just changing continually, um, you can have a message one week, and literally a day or two or three or four days later, I mean, it is outdated. You've just got to keep, keep adding to it and updating it. And I have had an interest in, in the issue of the forming global government. I mean, it's called all sorts of things, globalism, one world system, the new world order. And I put this message together two, three years ago. And as I've just said, I just keep updating it because of new info. And so I'm going to share with you a kind of a perspective on how this global one world system has been in process for thousands of years. And I think we got to kind of wrap that around our brain for a minute because and it's antichrist system that goes back almost 5,000 years. We'll see how. I'm going to trace the roots of it here tonight. And it's just simply hidden in plain view, because it is in plain view, the New World Order in Bible prophecy. And the Bible talks about a united earth, talks about it um, particularly, and we'll get to it in a minute, because Revelation obviously talks about a system, one world, Revelation 13, uh, we'll even read that in just a, little, in just a little bit. But there are certain tools Satan is using to bring this system in. And let me just go through a few of them. It would be, obviously, secret societies. It would be, he's using communism, he's using socialism to bring about globalism. He's using dozens of organizations We'll talk about the UN for a few minutes tonight. That's just one of many, literally. He's using international banking. Now you probably say you're starting to sound conspiratorial. If there's a conspiracy in the Bible, which I believe the conspiracy of this one world system is outlined in the Bible, then I'm going to talk about it. And if it sounds conspiratorial, so be it. It's using the open borders crowd. It's using Christian front groups. I could name them, but in the interest of time, I won't name them. It's using the media. It's using education outfits. And it's using a term that wasn't used much before the 2016 election. It's using the deep state. And if you folks knew, and, and I think and I may get slightly political tonight, and not necessarily in the interest of furthering candidates, but 
at least talking about the situation in Washington, but I mean, if you folks knew how deep the corruption, how deep the deep state is in Washington, I think you would be shocked. Because I work with some of the folks who are in Washington, and it's really stunning. It's really stunning. And that's what Donald Trump has come up with. He doesn't like the deep state. He's a businessman. He doesn't care about all their efforts at globalism and things like that. So they're pushing back because he's pushing back against all they've tried to do in America for you know, 250 years. All right, there are two big obstacles in the way of the socialist, excuse me, in the way of the globalist agenda. The two big obstacles would obviously be America and Christianity. And we have all sorts of individuals, all sorts of uh, institutions, all sorts of organizations, I'll name a few of them. You're looking at one of the prime movers and shakers, and that would be George Soros. I'll get to him more about him in a moment. So <laughs> here's what happened. In 2016, it really came down to a conflict between a globalist, Hillary Clinton, and a nationalist. And Donald Trump is on record saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to look out for Pittsburgh. I'm not interested in Paris. And he means that. He's looking out for the interests of Americans and isn't all that interested in the globalist agenda. Just quite the opposite with uh, Hillary Clinton. And he said, we will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. Amen. Now, on the other hand, again, and I'm pointing this out, you've, you've got on the other hand his opponent, Clinton Global Initiative, so it should be pretty obvious. One says, I'm not interested in the globalist, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in nationalism, and the other has a global initiative. So you can see there was a huge conflict. And I think that the ultimate conflict of 2016, and it was quite a year, and now we're going into another election cycle as we speak. I think it's going to be every bit inten as intense. And one of the reasons the left trying to throw him out of office, our president, is again, he's not cooperating. He's not cooperating with an agenda. He's just not, here, Breitbart, New York Times columnist, that's uh, Friedman, pleads with the globalist billionaires to save the nation from Trump. And, and, and look down in the corner, you can see down in the corner, uh, uh, Henry Kissinger, he's been involved in this globalist agenda for probably six decades. He's still around. He's still trying to push for a one world system. Now, What's kind of new, and as I just said, I got to keep updating things because a month or so ago, a couple of months ago, uh, Boris Johnson, oh, Boris Johnson won the election in the UK uh, for, for relatively recently, but he came out recently, here in the last, I would say, month, and he said, uh, I want out of, of the European Union. So you've got three global leaders, prominent, pushing back against the New World Order. Boris Johnson, President Trump, and I think two of those three have the same hairdresser. <laughs> and uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. And these three guys are looking out for their responsibility, which is their country. And, you know, again, nuts to this globalist agenda. 
are any of these guys popular? No, two of the three are trying to, they're trying to throw Trump and Netanyahu out of office. And they will not rest until they succeed. So we need to be praying for them. But again, they're pushing back and pushing back against this new world order. All right, what is globalism? What we're told is on one side of the screen. We're told that, hey, it's just cultures. We're learning about other countries and cultures. It's a harmless thing. It's a, a very helpful thing so we can learn how to get along in society and get along in the world. That's what we're told globalism is. What it really is is on the other side of the screen. I hate to say it. What it really is is it's men in a dark, smoke-filled room plotting and scheming how to make the world one. And they've done it for thousands of years. Do they know they're plotting and scheming Antichrist's kingdom? I don't know, because they can't sit down and talk with these tens of thousands of leaders over time, throughout time, you know, probably hundreds of thousands, front and behind the scenes people. I, don't, I didn't know them, and it goes all the way back so many years, so I don't know if they know that their agenda is absolute evil. I don't know. I think some do. So it began, as we all know, it began in ancient Babylon. That was the first effort at one world. How did that work out? What did God think about that? He didn't care for much, and that's an understatement. Nimrod would have been the first globalist. Now, I find this kind of an interesting, this is a... Uh, this is a painting. This, is a, this painting goes back to 1500, Peter Bruegel. And it's used in promoting Europe, many tongues. Europe, many tongues, one voice. But notice in this painting, this is the Tower of Babel painted in 1500s by Bruegel. Notice the pentagrams above, that they're satanic pentagrams. Now, I didn't come here tonight with lots of happy good news because what we're dealing with here is dark. We're dealing with people trying to form Antichrist's empire. How can they be good people? How can, this, how, can they be, how can this be a happy talk? It is not a happy talk. But at the same time, it's right out of the Bible. Sorry, it's right out of the Bible. Therefore, I think we need to understand it. Uh, just another word about this. On the, again, on one side is Bruegel's Tower of Babel. It's artists, of course. Again, it goes back to the 1500s. And on the other side is today's EU Parliament in Strasbourg. Is it intentionally copying the Tower of Babel? Of course it is. So they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They know they're trying to, oh, duplicate the Tower of Babel. They know they're trying to establish a global government. They know. They know. Again, um, Europe on the brink of collapse. The empire European castle of vassals is crumbling right in front of our eyes. That's really true. Um, and here's just a Time magazine. It says uh, how nationalists are joining together to tear Europe apart. Europe is coming undone. It really is. And... Um, 
this is just, uh, this is a couple of years old now, Polish experts, Europe is at the end of its existence. Western Europe is practically dead. Why is Western Europe practically dead? <laughs> a couple reasons. Number one, immigration. Uh, borderless kind of a continent. The biggest reason Europe is nearly at the end of its existence, and America, please don't do the same thing, is it threw God out 60 years ago. It just decided, you know, he doesn't really go with our, kind of with our agenda. And so the churches are now closed. The churches have been turned into mosques. Uh, crime on the streets, it is not safe in Europe. I mean, that's an understatement. And it's, Europe is a broken system. So what the globalists did in 2017 was they elected this young man. At the time, he was 39 years old. That's Emmanuel Macron, France's new president in 2017. The globalist empire strikes back in France. So the globalists installed this young man in 2017, hoping that maybe he could unite Europe. Now, are they thinking maybe he can unite the whole world? I don't know. I don't sit around those smoke-filled tables. Here's. Here's The Economist magazine asking, is this Europe's savior? They have him walking on water. Now, who's underwater? Is that Theresa May or Angela Merkel? You can see somebody's underwater. I don't know who's underwater. Um, you can't see it very well. It's a little dark there and there. But here you can see somebody's underwater. I don't know who that is. Obviously, there's hidden meaning there. So. The Gateway Pundit says his impact on the world could be massive. Okay. So people are noticing Emmanuel Macron. Now, I mean, when he came into power in 2017, everybody was paying attention. Now he's had, he's had well over two years to mess things up, and he is. He is. But there's, I think they still have their eyes on him as perhaps the future leader at least of Europe, maybe not the world. So let's just read, I'll read a couple of verses here out of Romans, excuse me, Revelation 13, verses 6 and 7. And it opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, this would be the beast, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Also it was allowed again the beast to make war on the saints and to conquer them, and authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation and all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Now, so what's not hard to understand, every tribe, every people, every language, every nation, that's just about everybody other than those who are getting saved during the tribulation. Those are the saints referred to, the churches in heaven. So those who are getting saved during the tribulation, that's a separate category, but everybody else taking that mark and worshiping the beast, every tribe, every people, every language, and every nation. And I think that's on the horizon. I really do. I think it's on the horizon. Invite you to Proximity next Saturday where we actually look at some of the signs of the times. And, and I'll be talking about some of the 10 top signs of the last year and going into the new year that I think we should be focusing on. And they're staggering. They're staggering because of their prominence in everyday news. 
They're staggering because of how they're affecting your life and my life on a daily basis. And, and just the way they're leaping out of the Bible. So let's look at just some of the organizations that have um, sort of been, let's just put it this way, some organizations, institutions that have had a goal of global government. They may, you may, you may, they may say, no, we're, we, we exist for other purposes, but they really have a hidden agenda or a blatant agenda of one world, one world. And, and I'm having to leave out some, or we would be here literally until midnight, so I literally am leaving out a lot. I'm leaving out Gnosticism and some other things, but let's just look at some organizations that came along. I'm starting in the 1700s. We, we can go back to Knights Templar, way, way, way back, 1100, 1200. I'm starting in the 1700s, which is just a little more modern time, and we'll get right up to literally modern time when I get through this list, but the Freemasons, and they started out okay as mason workers, but then they morphed into a globalist outfit. And I'm always being accused up here of doing Freemason hand signs. I'm not, okay? <laughs> I promise I'm not. And at proximity, supposedly Jack Hibbs and I are giving each other Freemason hand signs. That's kookiness online, okay? Or else I have a necklace on that, that they say is uh, some conspiratorial, you know, screwball. I don't, I don't get it. Okay, the Rosicrucians, 17th and 18th century. They were a bunch of globalists. Can you imagine going all the way back, two, three hundred years now? A little bit more sophisticated society by 1700s and 1800s, but they're thinking, let's have one world. Let's have, let's have one government. Let's have centralized everything. Because then, everyone's equal, equal pay, Everyone has the same benefits if we have one ruler and one headquarters. Now, the banking industry, it has to be talked about because it's so prominent in all of this, so prominent. And they came along in the 1700s, the Rothschild Empire. Now you're saying she's really going conspiratorial on us. Can't help it. Can't help it, the Rothschild Empire with five sons who then branched out and had, had uh, banking institutions throughout Europe. And then the conspiracy gets even more deep. They conspired with a man by the name of Adam Weishaupt. He conspired with the Rothschilds. And together, these entities decided they could eventually take over the world. And they put together, Weishaupt put together the Illuminati. It exists. It exists until this day. It exists. They're not nice people. Again, I'm saying in the, in the sort of the genre right now of the banking empire, and I, because of that, and I'm jumping all the way up here in years, along with the 1880s came the, came the Rockefeller empire. Um, this particular... Um, Rockefeller passed away just in the last five years, John Rockefeller, David rather, Rockefeller just passed away here, I'd say in the last maybe even three years. But that doesn't mean the empire is over, it's just he was one of the more prominent. Probably he and George Soros are the two prominent globalists, 
at least of the 20th and 21st century. Uh, just a picture of the Rockefeller empire that's probably going back to the 1960s. Very, very prominent family trying to push for one world, one world system, global government, etc. Now, Carol Quigley, who is a professor at uh, Georgetown, said this. He, this is now, he's talking Council of Foreign Relations, because that's so, so sinister, 1921. And Quigley is commenting, and he says, the Council on Foreign Relations is the American branch of a society which originated in England and believes national boundaries should be obliterated and one world rule established. So many of you have heard of the Council on Foreign Relations. Again, it, it doesn't sound very you know, threatening, uh, but it is sinister. Another sinister thing that came along, this would be back in 1913, the Federal Reserve, kind of still in the genre here of banking. So in order to have this one world, you've got to have the banking system somehow tied into it all. So there are some prominent banking uh, families, and, and I've named, I think, the most significant ones. Okay, let's just keep going through some of the organizations. The League of Nations, 1919, that came along, and its hope and its goal was global government, one world, single ruler. Obviously, we know the United Nations, that came along in 1945, and that, too, was, well, it, I think the no secret, they want one world. I'm going to show you some more evidence of that in just a moment. What is Agenda 30, uh, 2030, rather? That, that is a rather new phenomenon. And the purpose of, of uh, Agenda 2030, it's part of the globalist kind of cabal. Here are some of the purposes of it. Agenda 2030, September 25th, 2015, the UN launches a new universal agenda for humanity. End global poverty. It sounds so good. It sounds so good. Yeah, uh, universal health care. This is, again, this is part of the United Nations. Gender equality. Solve all of humanity's problems. could bring about utopia. That's the hope of Agenda 2030. You've heard of it. You've heard the term. But do you really know what the, uh, you know, what the mind is behind these folks? Here's another one. A game changer. United Nations Sustainable Development. This is Summit 2015. Again, when you hear these terms, it's not just some folks getting together probably for you know, uh, snacks and cocktails. No, they're getting together to plot and scheme how to make the world as one. The sustainable development, all of this. And again, it's, again, it's heavily United Nations. Is another organization, Bilderberg, came along in 1954. Goal, to make the world as one. Oh, they never stop thinking. We can go right through the decades. They never stop thinking. Started in Babylon, just goes right throughout history. And we skipped some, just in the interest of time, we skipped some. So, but they never stopped thinking, they never stopped scheming. The Club of Rome, 1968, the world is put into 10 regions. 
Some of you may remember, and I kind of do, because some in the eschatology world thought, oh, here comes the Penn Nation Confederacy spoken of in the book of Revelation. Is it? Probably not, but I mean, it was certainly an, interest, an intriguing thought. Back in 1968, the world into 10 regions. Well, the Bible says that'll happen someday. We're jumping up here to 1973, the Trilateral Commission. Again, we've got David Rockefeller, Zbigniew Brzezinski, and this is all about cooperation between uh, North America, Western Europe, and Japan. Again, the purpose, these two guys right here, these two guys, um, huge globalists, both of them. Their, their mentality, their mindset, their hope, their goal, their dream is that there be a single government with a single ruler ruling over the earth. I want to say a word here about Larry McDonald. And uh, he was a Democrat congressman. He uh, became, he was elected in 1976. And he was observing all of this. And he said, the quote, the drive of the Rockefellers and their allies is to create a one world government combining super capitalism and communism under the same tent, all under their control. Do I mean a conspiracy? I do. And I'm convinced there is such a plot, international in scope, generations old in planning, and incredibly evil in intent. So he's trying to expose this. And in the 70s and early 80s, in 19, I believe it was 83, his plane was shot out of the sky. He was killed. And everybody on the plane, it was a passenger plane, was killed, I believe it's 83. So don't mess with the globalists. If I suddenly disappear, you know what happened, okay? <laughs> don't mess with the globalists. Because they have a, they've, got, they've got an agenda that comes right out of the Bible. It's not a pretty agenda. And I'm going to get to a few issues here in just a moment that will be, I think, a little bit more make my point a little bit more graphically than I have up to this point. Henry Kissinger, the New World Order cannot happen without U.S. participation. Yes, there will be a New World Order, and it will force the U.S. to change its perceptions. Well, I would say certainly in the 20th century, this man was the prominent player, but there are many. Again, the Rockefellers, there's just many players some of them more prominent than others, and some of them more vocal than others. And here we come, 1991, and back to David Rockefeller. He says, the world is now more sophisticated and prepared to march towards world government. I mean, there's no subtlety here. We are marching to world government. That's the goal of the men who think like this. They are not subtle about it. Here's what David Rockefeller said in 2003. He said, he says, some even believe we, that's the Rockefellers, we belong to a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family, the Rockefellers, as internationalists. Well, yes and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world, if you will. Now, he admits it here. 
If that is the charge, I stand guilty and am proud of it. Folks, that's a quote from David Rockefeller. He is proud of his, here again, they think this will solve all the world's problems, equal everything, equal pay everything. With one world, one ruler, one government, all the world, poverty eradicated. Social justice, finally we'll have social justice. The church will be happy because the church is fixated on social justice. Except the real church will be in heaven when all of this really blossoms. But this is David Rockefeller. He says, if I'm guilty of this charge, I'm proud of it. I'm proud to be called a one-worlder. I'm proud to be called one who is leading the forefront. My whole family, going back to the 1880s, my whole family is proud to be a part of this global cabal. Again, they think it's the answer to all our problems. This is the secular mindset. And it's prominent today. And it's prominent in both political parties. Obviously, one is a little more intent than the other. But honestly, it's in both political parties. George H.W. Bush. It's a big idea, a new world. Only the United States has both the moral standing and means to back it up. And that was in 1991. I remember when he said that. Did you ever wonder why his funeral was, I mean, it was quite an, quite an event. Yeah, it was. And it's partly because the globalists were honoring him. Again, if I sound conspiratorial, you know, I'm, not, I'm trying not to come across that way, but it is a cabal. But it's outlined in the Bible. Therefore, I think we need to understand it. All right. Let me say a word about this gentleman here. Um, I, I, we've certainly never had a more charismatic pope. Um, and he says things almost on a daily basis that are stunning, stunning in a bad way. He's always calling for some sort of something to save humanity. He's certainly calling for one world. He uh, recently, he stated, Pope Francis calls for one world government, attacks border walls and national sovereignty. He's probably in the ecclesiastical world, without a doubt, he's the chief proponent of one world. Now, is... Is a pope a false prophet in the, in the book of Revelation? Frankly, I think so. That's a whole other message we can't go into. But I think enough, it may not be Pope Francis, I don't, but I think if it isn't him, it could be a successor. Your pastor, Pastor Tom Hughes, has a couple of messages that are totally appropriate and cutting edge. Looking at this fellow, I sat in a conference with him where he shared one. So when you hear discussion about a pope, and a pope's end time role, you really need to pay attention. I think he has. A, I think he's an apocalyptic player. We'll leave it at that. Um, Rome. Pope Francis made a strong new push for globalism on Thursday, calling for a supranational, legally constituted body to enforce United Nations Sustainable Development Goals to implement climate change policies. I'll say more about that as we move along here. He's called the vicar of the New World Order. So he, um, and he doesn't like us. 
He doesn't like fundamentalist Christians, evangelicals. He just, we're a real obstacle to sort of his agenda. Say just a word here, globalist in chief, uh, George Soros. The main obstacle to a stable and just world order is the United States. Again, we're in the way. Christianity in America, and right now our president, we are, we are in the way of this agenda. God, for some reason, has said, we're going to take a time out in this rush to globalism. Remember, it goes back to Babylon. Started then. It really never took a time out, and it says not a time out right now, but God has it sort of set aside because of three, three men, primary one being Donald Trump. So for some reason, God said, I'm calling for sort of a reprieve for a timeout. And this agenda is going to hit a major snag. And guys like this are beside themselves. And here, uh, we've got billion, a billionaire cabal, these gentlemen all. You've got Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and Soros and Zuckerberg. Again, they, they love global government, all of them. And so I'm leaving some out. but. These fellows exist to see a single government entity somewhere, probably Europe, in charge of everything with one person in charge. The case for getting rid of borders completely. So let me just say a little bit here about the um, border issue. It's important. Have you ever seen anything that makes so much sense. Does not a border to protect a country, Israel has one, China has one. Does not a border just to, just, just to protect its citizens, doesn't that make sense? No, not to the globalist, not to the globalist. So we have scenes like this. Ten reasons globalist elites won't let Trump build the wall and protect American national security. We can't go through the ten reasons, but there are reasons why the globalist elites, they don't want that wall. That's obvious. Now, let's just think for a moment about this whole immigrant situation. By the way, as I speak, they're coming from Honduras now. I think hundreds to thousands are walking up from Honduras on their way here, so we'll see what happens. But when they do that, who looks, who looks out just for the basic need, medical needs? You know, who's feeding them? I mean, how are they getting their peanut butter jelly sandwiches? Somebody's taking care of them. Somebody has to take care of them, or you would have complete bedlam. You'd have looting and, 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 and every home being ransacked in the cities as they move along. So someone, Taken, you can see it on the side of this picture there. Those vans are taking care of them. And who's represented in those vans? That would be, of course, the United Nations. So they're take, looking out for those immigrants walking from Central or South America or Mexico, trying to cross our border. And so UN Refugee Agency, etc. So. <laughs> Now, this character here, and he, this, this is his quote, he says, he says, the world is more interconnected than ever before, and it's becoming more connected every day. Building walls won't change that. Well, again, it, it's the secular left, and certainly there are some on the right who aren't wild about 
borders. Again, it's just common sense that you want to protect your people uh, because very often criminals and worse, MS-13 gang members coming across our southern border. So uh, he was arch globalist and I guarantee you he's still doing his best to run things in Washington from behind the scenes. So. Um, now, I'm going to take you down just a little different pathway for just a minute. This gentleman is, was prominent back in the 80s. Ronald Reagan dealt with him. And he said this more recently. He said this. This is uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, formerly of uh, Soviet Union. He's still around. He says, the threat of environmental crisis will be the international disaster key that will unlock the new world order. Here's the thing, to have a global system, it's going to take a crisis. I believe that crisis is the rapture. That's kind of obvious, I think. <clears throat> but there are some other options. So what a lot of people are saying, including Mikhail Gorbachev, is environmentalism is going to be used to institute a one world system. In other words, the sky is falling, the temperatures are rising. Look, I'm, I'm president of Minnesotans for Global Warming. We hope it happens, okay? We pray for global warming every day. As I said, right now, minus 30 wind chills, so it sounds great. But when I say that environmentalism is the useful tool, please don't hear me say we shouldn't be environmentally sensitive. I, Please be environmentally, by that I mean, let's take care of our woods, et cetera. Um, but what I'm saying is, and the question here is, can a one world government protect our planet? That is what the globalists are trying to say. They're trying to, you wonder why the sky is falling with, with climate change, global warming, et cetera, et cetera. It's because this is the tool that they've chosen to use to unite the world as one, environmentalism. If we don't do this, as what's her name, AOC says, AOC says, you know, 10 years or so, that's all we've got. And um, look, during the tribulation, her Green New Deal is going to become the Brown New Deal. It's not going to be pretty, not going to be pretty, because there will be some destruction during the tribulation that is staggering, staggering. Okay, the Earth Charter, we're back to some United Nations activity again. I threw this in, and I, I just added it more recently. And the Earth Charter, back to 2000, and the, the promoters, Maurice Strong, Mikhail Gorbachev, now we're down to Stephen Rockefeller, they just don't go away. So they're pushing the Earth Charter. Again, this is a sort of a sacred document to take care of the Earth in 2000, and in 2001, what did they put that Earth Charter in, Sacred Earth? They put it into the Ark of Hope. Well, what does that look like? It's meant to look like the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, now we're almost getting, you know, Spooky, I guess I would say. So they put this uh, Earth Charter into the Ark of Hope, which 
you can see pictured there, 2001. And again, this is all earth-type worship. Now remember, what does Romans 1 say? It says that there's coming a time when people will, well, they'll worship the creation, not the creator. Well, we're there. We're there. And that's not to say that the creation shouldn't be important to us, but worship it? That's what's happening. That's how they've gone, not just a step too far, but a mile too far. All right, here, just a couple of headlines. Seven in ten Brits support world government to protect humanity from global catastrophes. All right, the mindset is there. Seven in ten Brits, if we can protect our environment, we're all for global government. We're, we're Sign us up on the dotted line, okay? Breitbart, UN, humans could cause extinction of one million species. Globalism will fix it. Okay, I think, you're, I think you've probably kind of gotten the picture here. Environmentalism is going to be used. It's going to be used. It is being used. Trump pulls out. Here's the guy with the monkey wrench. Donald Monkey Wrench Trump. He pulls out of the U.S.-Paris Climate Agreement. This is a couple years ago. And it kind of went up in smoke. So... Again, he, um, he can see the globalist agenda of all of this climate hysteria. He can see it. Now, I just am going to give you a couple of quotes here. Because I think what's happened along the way here, can I say there's, coming, there's come a longing for a man with a plan, sort of a Mr. Fix-It, and Arnold Toynbee, who passed away in 1975, says this, the nations of the world are ready to give the kingdoms of the world to any one man who will offer us a solution to the world's problems. Any one man. Toynbee was a British historian. Even worse than that is Paul Henry Spock. Back in 1957, he said, what we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the alliances of all people and to lift us out of the economic morass into which we are sinking. Send us such a man, and be he God or devil, we will receive him. Now, that's a str now, he, he's a NATO official back in 1957. That is how, de 57, 57 wasn't that the good times where families sat together and watched TV together? Yeah. No, back in 1957, this man is so desperate for one leader, one man. He says, send us such a man, be he God or devil, will receive him. That's a strong statement. And I think it's a powerful statement, powerful in a troubling way. Now, I'm going to go back to 2016 here because uh, I, I can't talk about globalism and the one world effort without talking about the Gotthard-based tunnel. June 2016, I watched it all on YouTube, 8, 12 hours. It's just long, I know that, um, and dark. And again, I'm sorry, but these people are not nice people. 
So anybody who's trying to promote the Antichrist agenda can't be a very nice person. This is simple as that. This was a globalist ceremony back in, in June of 2016, and it was celebrating the linking of a tunnel that connected Switzerland, Italy, and France, went underground, and it was celebrating Baphomet. Who's Baphomet? Baphomet is, well, he's kind of the occult symbol for Satan. You can see him there. Uh, this is just a picture of how the countries are kind of connected here by this tunnel that goes underneath, underneath a mountain. Took years to do this. Several of the workers died in result of, of construction. Um, so now it's finished, and this is a ceremony celebrating it. Again, it was the most bizarre thing you have ever seen. I mean, when you watch it, I don't think I watched it live, but I watched it on YouTube. Most bizarre thing, you'd, it was choreographed. It went on and on and on and on. And just about everything was, I'll be blunt, a satanic ceremony. Globalists aren't nice people. You don't want to have anything to do with them. And thankfully, we have a president right now that doesn't want anything to do with them either, and he's blunt about it. Blunt about it. Remember, we're one election away from all of that changing. One election away from becoming anti-Israel, pro-globalism, pro-everything that is anti-biblical. We're one election away. We need to be praying without ceasing. So the thing is with this event in uh, connecting the tunnel, world leaders were there. You've got France's president at the time. You've got Angela Merkel. You've got the uh, Switzerland president. You've got a fourth. These world leaders are having a picnic. They're just loving every, I don't know, do they know they're watching a satanic ceremony? I have no idea. I have no idea. It, made, it was so senseless, I doubt that they could figure, I think they probably thought they were watching a clown show. I mean, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. But it was a satanic ceremony. Um, but the world leaders are celebrating, European leaders celebrating, antichrists coming out of Europe, I believe. How appropriate. A foreshadowing of things to come. A foreshadowing of the Antichrist, I believe, coming out of this area. A satanic ceremony. And even at one point, this is the only picture I could find. It's blurry. I apologize. They're celebrating a slain lamb. Because Jesus Christ gets in the way of everything. At least gets in the way of the dark agenda. You better believe it. He's overcome the dark agenda. But they can't stand it. So they are celebrating here a slain lamb. Now, there's one more little kind of avenue that I want to look at, and that's the entertainment industry. And I'm just going to focus on one person. One person, because she is indicative of all of them. And Celine, some of you may follow her. I don't, but um, she's an interesting gal. She's in her early 50s now, and um, entertainer, singer, one of the most popular. So she has entered into the world of the New World Order. She's got, I didn't make that picture up, 
Celine Dion, the New World Order. And she's come up with a line of children's clothing. Now, wouldn't that be kind of harmless? No. Kind of innocent, wouldn't it be? Well, this is the children's clothing. New World Order on infants and toddlers. Now we gotta drag one and two year olds into this agenda? Yeah. Get them young. Get them young and indoctrinate them young. Here you, again, this is Celine Dion. Dion. This is her, her agenda. I'll show you her website here in a minute. Here you see a little girl. This again, this is all part of the promotion for this clothing line. And you've got the girl with the all-seeing eye on her one hand. This is Celine's website. This is her clothing, not her music website. This is her clothing website. Celine New New New. So for children's clothing, we have skulls. These are not nice people. If you're a part of the Antichrist agenda, you are not nice people. Somebody made a comment. Celine Dion launches Illuminati-esque gender-neutral clothing lines. True. Am I conspiratorial? No. It's just a fact. This whole agenda is in overdrive because the Antichrist is on the horizon. If the rapture, which could be today, happens today, Antichrist empire is going to be on the scene. Hours, weeks, days, uh, months, certainly not more than months, with the chaos that's going to ensue. You've got to have a leader to control the chaos once millions and millions and millions of people are missing. Here's just another look at some of her clothing. An exorcist says, the agenda behind Celine Dion's gender-neutral children's clothing line is satanic. Well, yeah, you've got Baphomet there again. Again, these are not nice people. But look, at, she influences millions upon millions of people. And she's a part of the Antichrist empire, or at least trying to build it up, trying to make it happen. Does she know that? I don't have tea with her, I don't know. I'd love to interview her and, and ask her some probing questions. One more little area I want to get to here is the Georgia Guidestones. Have you heard of the Georgia Guidestones in Georgia? This is uh, the objectives of the globalists. Popul Here's what the objectives are. Population under 500 million. Do you realize how many of us have to go? Seven billion people, but they want 500 million. That's the, that's the globalist agenda here. And it's all spelled out on the Georgia Guidestone. It's all there. You can just read it, in whatever, in stone. Return to one language, a new Ten Commandments. It's all there. They're, why would Georgia even allow this? But they do. So it's the, the globalist agenda on the Georgia Guidestones. It doesn't get any stranger. Okay, there was a World Government Summit in 2019. Look, this, this is just common conversation that the secular world and some within the church who don't know any better, which is a lot of people in the church, they don't know any better, think again. Let's go to a World Government Summit. This one happened to be in um, 
think it was Abu Dhabi, but it doesn't say. I think it was. <clears throat> now, just a word here about uh, the new world order forming under pagan temple of Baal or Baal arch. That arch, that's a replica of the arch that's outside the temple of Baal. It was in Syria. Temple of Baal was in Syria. ISIS destroyed it in 2015. And then uh, this arch was recreated. That's not plastic. That weighs several thousand pounds. It's a replica of the arch of Baal. They're traipsing all over the world with it. It was in Washington, D.C., fall of 2018, during the Kavanaugh crisis. That was sitting in Washington, D.C. Do you think there's a connection? The, art, the, the, Baal, uh, the, the temple of Baal was perhaps the most wicked place on earth at one time. We want to celebrate it? <clears throat> Somebody tell me why. And it's a symbol of the new world order the pagan temple of Baal or Baal. Okay, just one, again, the Green New Deal, the globalist plan to destroy American sovereignty. So when you keep hearing about the Green New Deal, again, the tribulation will be the Brown New Deal because it, that's when, that's, during the tribulation is when they're going to need the Green New Deal. I'm, I'm not, again, the disasters during that time, you know, they're unspeakable. So, uh, to be honest, Australia is a foretaste right now of the tribulation. Pray for those people. Some may be watching online. Pray for them. It breaks my heart. But Okay, so um, Russia says a new world order is being formed. They throw this term around like, you know, it's just common everyday language. Well, it is. It is. To the godless world, this is everyday language. Okay, the problem, would be, the problem with it all is that the seeds of destruction are built in. Because one world apart from God is not God's will. Jesus Christ must rule. So I don't care whether it's Babylon it'll fail, whether it's United Nations and their schemes, those, that will fail. Whether it's Agenda 21 or Agenda 2030, those are going to fail. Whether it's the Green New Deal, that's going to fail. These aren't God's plans. All will fail. Because they're all schemes of, well, carnal man who really can't really do much anything right. Why won't it work? Simple. It won't work because mankind has a corrupt heart. It won't work because mankind will promise peace he cannot produce. It won't work because evil people are the architects. Now, let me just give you a list of how they plan to implement this, and then we'll kind of we'll kind of wind this down. But they have, let's just say, they have a very extensive plan to initiate and institute the new world order, and it involves some of of the following. And I can't list the everything: socialized medicine. Gun control, big government, of course, has to be big government, high taxes, population reduction, get us down to 500 million. Are you selected to live or die? I don't know. 
immigration, cheap labor, open borders, it's a part of the agenda. This is how we implement global government, one world system. These are bullet points. Affordable housing for everyone. Remember, global government will step in and offer all of this. See, this is the panacea to all the world's problems, equal everything. Environmentalism, again, we've already covered that. That's part of the plan. Increase the debt, that's part of the plan. Increase poverty, that's part of the plan. International welfare. Class warfare. No religion but a single pagan religion. Hmm, okay. That comes inconvenient in the book of Revelation. Destroy the family. Again, this is uh, David Rockefeller. All we need is the right major crisis and the nations will accept the new world order. Well, Mr. One Worlder himself, David Rockefeller, is saying it. We just need the right crisis. It will never let a crisis go to waste either. So what could some of these crises be? It could be all of these. Could be financial, though right now things are looking extremely stable throughout the world. That can change in a heartbeat. Could be terror-related crisis. What if there were 9-11s in every major city of the world, say, all in one weekend? Well, don't we have to have a system of government that will micromanage all of and talk to each other so every city knows around the world, every city will answer to a global leader who can stop this kind of terror attack? To me, that sounds like a perfect plan. It might be weather-related. It might be an environmental crisis. It might be World War III. World War III could happen tomorrow. You and I know what the crisis will be. It could be all of these things thrown in. But you and I know that the ultimate crisis is the rapture. It's the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church happens and a staggering amount of confusion. Staggering amount of what happened. Staggering amount of my loved one is missing. Staggering amount of what's going to happen next. We need someone to control everything. Well, here it comes. Mr. Antichrist, I have everything under control. Finally, finally after 5,000 years, he gets his opportunity. Club of Rome didn't help. None of these things, but now with the church gone, remember the church is putting a lid. Right now the church is putting a lid on evil. Thank God for the church. When that church is gone, the truth, the bride of Christ, the bride of Christ is gone. Absolute evil ensues. The globalist utopia is here. Church gone. Globalist utopia. Time of Jacob's trouble. Daniel's 70th week, the tribulation. I talk about this on my current radio program. Listen on our YouTube channel. It's the easiest way. We're on lots of, lots of stations, but right now talking 
to be Pastor Barry Stagner about the time of Jacob's trouble, the purpose of the tribulation. There are multiple purposes for the tribulation. Finally, these folks get their empire. Their one world scheme finally, finally comes through. The tribulation, can you imagine? Way to go, guys. You've schemed for this for thousands of years. You get seven ignominious, miserable years, which is going to be hell on earth. You finally get your empire. I hope you're happy. Have fun. I'll be having fun in heaven. Let's look at a few Bible verses here as we wrap it up because we want to, pause, we want to focus on what the Bible says. And the Bible says, Psalm 2, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Going on with those verses. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Well, the point here being is God is looking down on these foolish men, mainly, but women too, and he is laughing at them. He's laughing, at, he's laughing in derision because they're such fools. They're such fools. Why not just tap into me? You know, you're going to have a, you can have a thousand years of glorious kingdom of perfect global government. I'm going to be in charge. I know that wasn't your plan because you want the bad guy in charge. Doesn't work out very well for you. Ephesians 6.12. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood here, but principalities and power, powers from hell, quite frankly, that have been a part of this scheme going back to Babel. But using mankind, again, I ask the question, do they know it? Does Henry Kissinger know? I don't know. Again, I'm not his pal, so I, I wish I could ask him. Do you know? Do you know what your scheme involves? Do you know it involves the, the plan that's going to introduce the Antichrist? I just, I'd like to hear it from their own, you know, their own voice. So we're dealing with rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Psalm 37, fret not yourself because of these evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Okay, world government, it's coming. You and I are going to be a part of it. We're going to be a part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ ruling out of Jerusalem. It's called the millennial reign of Christ. It's going to be 1,000. Hey, guess what? It works. It works. The other plans... No, seven ignominious years of hell on earth. And they tried for 5,000 years to get it, but they get their seven years. They'll, they'll need that Green New Deal, but the millennial reign of Christ, not only perfect, and I hope I get to take care of the animals. I hope I can. They're all getting along. 
They're all getting along in perfect harmony. This glorious verse in Revelation 11:15. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there was loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever and ever. And ever. Perfect, perfect global government. Perfect global government. But you see, the others left out the most important ingredient, Jesus Christ. They hate him. The globalist empire hates him. They want to do it their way. If they don't only follow the Bible, we can do it the Bible's way, with Jesus ruling out of Jerusalem. Perfect harmony, everything working perfectly. But we've got to throw that Bible out, get rid of it, because, you know, it's going to infect everything. No. Okay, just let me invite you quickly here, do an annual prophecy. It's, we call it Understanding the Times Conference every fall. And this coming fall, September 26th, 27th, invites you, if you cannot, it's St. Paul, or excuse me, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Amir Sarfati, Jack Hibbs, Pastor Barry Stagner, Joel Rosenberg, and Michelle Bachman. And tickets go on sale next summer, and we keep them extremely reasonable. And I'll be honest here, we, were not, we didn't ticket this for like 21 conferences. It's just first come, first serve. We, we rent a mega church in the Minneapolis suburb. It seats 4,300. In, in 2016, in a venue of 4,300, 6,300 people turned out in 2016, and then in 2017, same thing happened. And then it was, it, was, it was overwhelming and not in the best way with lots and lots of crowding problems. And we were a fire hazard, and the church said, you know what, you've got to ticket your event and limit attendance. You think the remnant out there isn't interested? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? They're interested. Now, is the a corporate church, whatever, the main Baptist church down the street, not picking on Baptists, that's my background, but is that hold? Are, are they really, really into this topic? I Probably not. Probably not. Uh, but there's a remnant that love it, that want to understand the times. The sons of Issachar were men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. I do believe we need to understand the times because God wants us to know what we're to do here in these last of the last days. What a privilege, what a privilege to be born for such a time as, and a challenge to be born for such a time as this. So it'll be live streamed if you can't attend, as most of you can't, it'll be live streamed at no cost. September 26th uh, will only be live streamed, Saturday 26th, there will be activities Sunday. Go to my website, olivetreeviews.org for all the info. Get on my newsletter lists, e-print, and we'll keep you updated. Um, I'm going to say a word about radio here. I'm putting, I love having your pastor on. I put him here so I could embarrass him. Isn't that a lovely picture of him? <laughs> I get so many listeners when Tom's on with me. It's fantastic. Understanding the Times Radio, we're now on 900 stations, lots of networks. Easiest to just watch it on YouTube. and. New program posted every uh, Saturday morning, and um, OnePlace.com, mobile app, etc. And we talk about we talk about 
ways that you can understand. Well, first of all, we're talking about what's going on and then how you can understand the times from a biblical perspective. That's the purpose, is to look at things from a biblical perspective. So um, I have lots of uh, good guests, and we talk about some, hopefully, some interesting topics. How many of you have heard the radio program out here? So at least half of you have. That's great. Thank you so much. Okay, so again, this is the website, and we've got uh, articles are posted daily. The radio program is is archived on the website. If you just want to go listen online, we've got three or four years on at olivetreeviews.org. Now, probably the most important part of my message is my clothes, uh, because I, there may be someone here tonight who is, you're, you're even thinking, well, maybe I'm going through this tribulation thing that we're talking about here, because I don't know, how do I avoid it? Well, you avoid it. If you're a blood-bought uh, child of God, you avoid it. And if you're not, then I encourage you tonight, turn your life around, please. Romans says, uh, all who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. Just tell them you've really kind of messed your life up. You want to start over. You want that new life in Jesus Christ. And if you'll do that, just a silent prayer, now or on your way home, you escape not just the eternal fires of hell, but that, that terrible tribulation that I've been talking about. That's the goal of the one-worlders, is the tribulation. But it's hell on earth. And following hell on earth is literal hell, without end. Can you imagine, think of the worst trial you've ever gone through, and then move that into, uh, into hell because that's without end. And you just don't want to be there. And you don't have to be because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He paid the price so that you don't have to go there. Just ask him to turn your life around that you want him to be your Lord and Savior tonight. And you avoid the terrible eternal fires and then the fire of the tribulation as well. I hope I have I've summarized again. The globalist agenda, it's, it's thousands of years old, it's intense, it's detailed, it's evil, it's dark. But again, God is sitting up in, in the heavens laughing at them, at their scheme. He's laughing at them and saying to them, just look to me, I've got the perfect global agenda for you. It's called the millennium. And then after, after that, there's the new heavens and the new earth. Again, perfection without end. Tap into that. I want to thank you for inviting me, Pastor Tom. It's all yours. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.